Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode 156, and as always, the Red White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings, whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, or yes, even a pandemic. What's the best way maybe to end a long, hard day of questions, shall we say, than sitting down with an ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue? It is delicious, but we always ask that you drink our Canadian beer responsibly. With that said, it gives me great pleasure. Uh, he has been on the podcast before, but I think they've been in compilation kind of episodes from development camp and uh, and then when I went and visited the Gri Griffins last year. Uh, it is Michael Rasmussen, Red Wing Center, your first round, ninth overall pick, ninth overall in the first round. In the uh, 2000 and what was it, 17 draft? I think it was. I'm I'm getting old, so uh, uh, excuse me. But let's bring Michael in. Michael, how are you? Good, thanks, Art. How are you doing? I am I am doing well. I am doing well. You know, uh, the reason that I, I I bring bring up your draft class because I want to go uh, I want to go right back there um, because that was uh, I had just taken the job with the Red Wings in February of the year that you were drafted, and uh, in 2017. And I believe it was in Chicago, right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, you were drafted. And uh, I remember talking to Craig Button about you. And he said, this kid is, you know, his hand-eye coordination, which you know I'm obsessed with when it comes to you. His hand-eye coordination in front of the net is just extraordinary. It's like second to none. And, you know, Craig isn't very effusive a lot with his praise. And so I was very well aware of you when the Red Wings drafted you. I remember going to the hotel, which was the media hotel, and I was up on the second level looking down onto the, like, the lobby area that turned into, like, a little, uh, uh, like, bar area as well. And you were there with your family. And you were in a Red Wing jersey, and your family were all in Red Wing jerseys. I think you must have, you know, the United Center sold out of Red Wing jerseys within seconds. Uh, after you were drafted. And uh, I remember looking down and how you were just kind of sitting off by yourself. And I think you took a picture with another another prospect who I think he was a Vancouver prospect or you knew a couple of the guys that had their jerseys on and you took some pictures and your family was so happy. I want to go back to that day or that moment because here you are, you know, you reach a dream you're, you know, you're drafted in the NHL. You're with an original six fr uh, franchise. You come from a family that's very well entrenched in Vancouver Canuck history and big hockey fans. Uh, you know, can you take me to where Michael Rasmussen was on that day and where Michael Rasmussen is today? And this is, uh, uh, you know, d December 30th, uh, uh, 2020. What has this journey been like for you? Yeah, for sure. It's been, uh, it's been great. It, uh, I mean, starting with the draft, it was obviously, uh, you know, a dream come true getting drafted and then to get drafted to such amazing, uh, such an amazing place and such a great organization. Like you said, original six, um, you know, it was just a dream come true. And uh, to share that with my family, like you mentioned, was uh, very, very special. And uh, we definitely cherish that. and We'll cherish that, uh, you know, for a lifetime for sure. So uh, that was amazing. And then um, the journey has been great. It's been great. Uh, you know, getting uh, getting to know all the guys and then playing and um, just playing in a, in a great spot. So uh, right now, just ready for camp and uh, really excited to play some hockey. And, and uh, it's been great to see the guys again and uh, I'm just ready to, you know, go compete and, and go do my best and have fun. Well, I want I want our listeners to uh, know that very early on in Michael's Red Wing career, uh, up at development camp when it was the last year, I think actually at development camp was in Traverse City. It has since been moved to uh, Little Caesars Arena. Um, I got into a discussion with a couple of my Red Wing colleagues. They weren't players about plums and how they had <laughs> never they had never eaten plums or and they didn't like them and all that kind of stuff. And then someone pipes up from behind me and says, "I don't like plums," and it's Michael. Well. Because I have referred to Michael over the years now as Plum, uh, as a joke, uh, people always ask me why. Uh, why do you call Michael Rasmussen Plum? And that's the reason why. Because Michael said I don't like him either. It turns out, uh, finding out from his mother that uh, that there was a plum tree in the front of Michael's uh, house that he grew up in, and uh, maybe he ate a bad plum or something. But uh, have you come around to plums yet, Michael? I have not art. No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't indulged in the plums yet. So, 
Um, I guess the I guess the nickname stands for now, but uh, plums are my thing. I guess they never really have been. I actually don't even remember the last time I had one. Uh, but uh, no, no, it stands. Don't like plums. You know, it it is delicious. They they they're delicious. I mean, they really are. I mean, I, I I'm a little still a little bit miffed, but uh, let, let let's move on. I mean, you go to uh, you know you go to training camp. You were in an odd situation where. Um, you could have gone back to junior, but the Red Wings thought that you were so dominant for the Tri-City Americans in the Western Hockey League that, it, it, you know, what's the use? You know, it would probably be better if you practice with uh, with the Red Wings and you become a Red Wing. So your first year, you played, you ended up playing 62 games for the Red Wings, 18 points, including eight goals. Uh, you were a minus eight, which isn't bad, and um, uh, 29 penalty minutes, and you had some injuries to deal with. What was that first year like for you? I mean, because you're... You know, you go right from the Tri-City Americans and you step right into the NHL. Yeah, it was obviously a, obviously a big jump. Um, it was a great experience for me. Um, you know, it was great to, great to definitely achieve the dream of playing in the NHL and, um, you know, start my career and all that. But, um, no, it was a great experience. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely a big learning experience and, and a big growth, um, big time of growth for me in, in my life and uh, my hockey career. So, um, yeah, definitely was uh, was it was a great year for me, and um, I definitely enjoyed um, you know playing for the team and um, you know getting to know all the guys and um, you know it's such a great group of guys and such a great group of of coaches and trainers and all that. So um, yeah, definitely uh, definitely was great, and um, you know can't can't uh, can't say uh, you know too many great words about it. So it's it, it's uh, you know it was it was awesome for me. You know, when you go into any new situation, I know that you're excited and, you know, and you're reaching a goal, you're in the NHL and, you know, obviously, you know, that, you know, you still have plenty of work to do. What were your, what did you think you were walking into and what did you actually walk into, if that makes sense? Yeah, I, I guess you can't really have too, too much of an idea or too much uh, expectations on it. You don't really know, uh, you know, what the play is like or what the hockey's like or, or any of that. So. Uh, I think anytime you move up levels in hockey, um, you know, you got to grow and, and, and take your experiences and learn and uh, just try to get better every day. So uh, the biggest thing for me, I, I realize is just you got to put so much work in, uh, you know, every day on the ice, off the ice, uh, how you treat your body, how, how you uh, take care of yourself. So I'm um, definitely very grateful for the experiences and um, you just got to grow from them, I think is the biggest thing. So, um, you know, definitely uh, very blessed to have that opportunity and, um, it's been it's been really great for me. So now, like many players, I mean, you're a center. You want to be a center. I know the Red Wings want you to be a center. However, sometimes uh, and Dylan Larkin went through the same thing when he you know when he was a Red Wing his first year uh, that that they put you on on the wing just because it's a less responsibility, especially I guess defensively. Uh, you know, I'm not a professional hockey player, but I'm just what I've been told, Michael. Um, what was that experience like? Now, I, I think you played a little bit of wing in junior, but you're you're primarily a center. Um, do you think being on the wing maybe your first year as a pro really kind of helped you maybe acclimate to the NHL game as opposed to being a center where, you know, you have to have, you know, literally eyes in the back of your head? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I think definitely, obviously, center is a tough position and it's, it's a lot of responsibility, like you said. So uh, playing wing was good. I played uh, the last bit of my junior career and, and into the playoffs and wing and uh, you know, enjoyed it. It's definitely uh, a lot of different aspects of the game you got to pay attention to and, and learn. But, um, you know, it was definitely, uh, it was good for me and, and I enjoyed playing uh, on the wing. When, you know, you know you're you're big. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think last time I saw you in Grand Rapids, I was accusing you of being like six foot eight at that point. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, you're at least six, six. I do think you're taller than six, six, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I would imagine because you're getting a little older, you're putting on some muscle. What are you at now? Like 220, 225 maybe? Yeah, two, 225. I think I, I weighed in the other day. So uh, kind of fluctuates a little bit, but anyway, anywhere from 225, 230-ish, so. Okay, well, that's, you know, that's, you know, a, a guy like me, if I, you know, that 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 would be considered to be obese, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but now, and, and so, are, are you 6'6", or have you grown a little bit? Uh, I don't know, I actually, uh, Connor, one of our trainers, uh, measured me the other day, and I think it was just a little bit over, so, um, yeah, I guess, I guess maybe I've grown a little bit, but who knows. 
All right. Well, I, you know, I mean, I'm not a real good judge of height because when you're like, I, I like to think that I'm five foot nine. So, uh, uh, so it's, it, it's, everybody's tall in my world. Uh, but what, but with that said, the reason I bring that up is, is that your net front presence, which as I said earlier in the podcast, I'm obsessed with the, you're such an immovable object. Is that something that when you were a young hockey player, as you grew, you grew into that role of being in front of the net? Were you placed there by a coach? Or did you know as a young player, if you sat down with your dad or whomever and you said, hey, look, uh, you know, Michael Rasmussen's going to make, you know, his office is parked right in front of that goalie. Yeah, I, I don't think there was a particular time or, or coach or anything that, that put me there, anything like that. But um, I think once I started to play, uh, you know, at higher levels of hockey and, and get into junior, I think um, I just kind of, you know, I just tried to study the game and, and watch the game and, and uh, you know, goals are scored right in front there. So, um, you know, I just started parking myself there and, and uh, you know, seeing that goals are scored there and, and, and I want to score goals and, and help the team that way. So I think, uh, I think just, just having success there and, and, and really working on it and really working every day to, to make that my craft is, um, you know, how it started, I guess, but um, not, no particular moment in time that that, that kind of uh, was told to me or, or, or taught really. So um, just kind of been a natural, natural progression, I guess, in, in that, that situation. When, you know, and I know I've asked you this millions of times, and I know you're tired of me asking it and probably tired of, of answering it over the, over the years here, but I, I mean, did you, is that just a natural ability? Uh, you know, I've told this story before. I think Keith Petrozelli was in net. It was the uh, it was up in Traverse City, and I'm standing behind the goal at one of the rinks, one of the two rinks there. I confuse. I always forget their names. Uh, sorry, Traverse City, but um, but you're standing in front of the net, and I believe it was a couple of coaches. Maybe it was the Toledo coaches. You know, Dan Watson and one of his assistants. Uh, um, but. Uh, they were firing pucks and you were tipping them. And I'm not exaggerating, Michael. It seemed like out of the hundred or so pucks that they shot there, you tipped in like 94 of them. And I was amazed because Petrozelli, who's really now rebounding nicely, by the way, Red Wing fans in Quinnipiac, he's having a good senior season at a great junior season last year. And it was very, very impressive. How is that? Is that something that just is a natural ability for you, or did you really have to work on it? Because, Michael, I've told you this, and I mean it. It's pretty extraordinary. Yeah, thanks. Um, no, not, not – uh, uh, I would say it, hand-eye coordination maybe comes a little bit natural, but uh, definitely you got to work on it. Like, um, you know, you got to work on it in practice, especially after practice, just just repetition of it. I think anything you want to you master, and um, when you want to master a skill, you just got to really work at it. and. Um, you know, I've really tried to do that and, um, you know, just keep at it. You can't, really can't get too good at things like that. So um, I just tried to really work hard at it and, um, you know, make that something that I'm that I'm good at and, and that I can rely on to, you know, to help my offense. And, um, and yeah, it, 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 I wouldn't say it came, you know, exceptionally natural, but um, you just got to work at it and, and get your reps in on it. Now, do you think that your long reach – sometimes fools a goaltender thinking that, you know, there's, there might be a rebound or the pucks in front and they think they have time for it because in their vision, you look like you're fairly far away from them yet. You know, you're, you're at least six, six, you know, maybe six, eight, I don't know, but your, uh, uh, but your reach is, is that you're able to get to pucks that maybe Obviously, other players that are smaller couldn't get to, but that that is kind of an advantage that the goal that the goaltender does not realize just how long and how big your reach is. Yeah, I guess so. I think uh, you know tipping pucks that helps for sure, and then uh, you know trying to get to rebounds or um, you know making a move on the goalie and, and putting it by them or um, you know getting it past the pad helps for sure. So uh, you know I think it uh, I think it helps to have a long reach or a long stick or whatever you want to call it. So. Uh, I think that uh, that helps for sure. Now, do you uh, uh, when you stand in front of the net? I, I mean, they they try to jostle you, but you do consider yourself. And I know that you know if you probably say yes to this, you're going to open yourself up for a lot of scrutiny on the ice. But you're kind of an immovable object, right? I mean, it's difficult to get you out of that position. Uh, definitely try to be. I think uh, you know, looking at the great uh, the great Thomas Holmstrom played here. 
um, you just try to be like him, just try to have, uh, you know, kind of cement on your skates, not be able to, you know, get pushed around or moved. So um, I think, uh, you know, just watching guys around the league, I think you got to be strong, uh, you know, in front there and, and, and have a strong lower body. So that's uh, it's something I've been working on and, and something that, uh, you know, I take pride in. So, um, yeah, no, it's an important part of the game. Well, you know what, what cracks me up? I can't believe you just brought up Thomas uh, Thomas Holmstrom because I was thinking, and I'm looking back, you know, the Red Wings had Dino Cicerelli, not the biggest guy in the world, uh, but who stood in front of the net and was just a, you know, a warrior in front of the net. Then they go to Homer, who's a little bit bigger than Dino. And obviously, uh, you know, uh, ev- you know, everybody used to joke around that Homer's has the big butt in front of the net. And, you know, he could tip in pucks. And now they go to you, which is like, you know, you, I think it's all three sizes now. You've got the small, the medium, and now you, the large, of guys who stay in front of the net. I mean, how difficult is it for you to, you know that a lot of goals are scored that way. It's the, you know, it's the greasy areas. You've got to go to that dirty area. Yet, you know, you have a good shot. You want to be, I don't know, a finesse or skilled player, but um, have you, I guess, come to terms with it that probably I'm going to have to be in front of the net like most of the time, even though I'd like to be a little more of a playmaker. Yeah, for sure. I think you got to have a balance as well. Um, you know, to that and pick your spots and, um, you know, pick uh, when's the right time to, you know, get out of that front of the net and try to help your teammates and, and make a play or, you know, when the puck goes low to high, you know, you got to get your butt to the net. So I think you just got to try to find a balance and, um, you know, definitely like to spend time right in front there and, and uh, you know, create a screen or um, have an option to tip a puck or, or put in a rebound. So um, I think I just try to have a balance to it and um, that's just progressing in my game. And I think, uh you know, I've, I've, I've grown in that category as to balancing it and, um, you know, trying to do both. So. I, I know that, um, you know, there, you know, everybody gets compartmentalized or, uh, you know, everyone looks at a role and, you know, big guys like yourself, they look at you and they think, well, you know, hand-eye coordination or you're long and you're gangly. So you're not as coordinated. Well, you've obviously defied that. We just spent the last 10 minutes talking about your hand-eye coordination being in front of the net. Um, uh, yet they look at it and they say, well, you know, guys that are a little big, you know, they, you know, they have long strides and stuff, but it takes them a while to get going. They're a little bit slower. Would you say that, since you were drafted by the Red Wings and now that you've been, you're a professional, that was is skating the part of the game that you, you think you've had to work on the most or the biggest adjustment you had to make? Or, I mean, you're certainly not slow, but I mean, you know, how how is that part of your game? Yeah, it's grown for sure. I think uh, not necessarily the skating or that or just, just the playing with pace. I think you just got to play with pace and, and always have your feet going and um, that's the biggest thing for me is just playing with pace it, and it always, it doesn't always mean, you know, skating super fast, but it just means moving the puck quick, getting the puck, making your decisions, um, you know, carrying the puck to the neutral zone, um, all that kind of stuff. So, um, definitely a big, a big thing for me has been playing with pace and, um, you know, trying to get my feet going and, and all that. So, um, just definitely been trying to, trying to grow in that area and, um, you know, keep growing. Now, do you, do you have like a skating coach or anything or, or the Red Wings or do you, uh, you know, the Red Wings, do they work with you on that? I mean, when you're talking to Horkoff or, 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 or Clary or, you know, even maybe even Nick Cromwell and Steve pulls you aside, uh, uh, what kind of tips, what kind of pointers, what are they talking about with you? Yeah, I got a skating coach in Vancouver. I've, I've worked with for a few years and then also I uh, went to Toronto this summer, uh, to work with our skating coaches, uh, Tracy and Brody there. And, and I've seen them, uh, you know, lots of times in Grand Rapids and, and Detroit in the summer. So um, that's been great working with those people. And um, yeah, all, all those guys just, just say the same kind of things, just play with pace and, and really work on your skating with these people. And, um, you know, it's been great working with, with working with all those guys, um, you know, definitely uh, very fortunate to work with them. And, um, you know, it's been great Hork. Whenever I, I talk to him, he's very positive to me and, you know, he just wants the best for us and, um, you know, really helps us out with uh, anything we need. So, along with along with Bear and, and Croner as well. So, um, you know, it, it's great uh, having that support system, and I think it's uh, helped myself grow and, and all us other guys. You know, we hear working on skating. Is that, you know, you would think, well, if you're working on skating, you're on the ice skating, but is, or is some of this maybe 
leg work in the gym or, or different drills that you do off the ice or is it basically when you're working on on skating or playing with pace it's all done on the ice yeah i think uh i think to be a better skater you gotta have a strong lower body and a strong core so that's definitely something that especially the past few years i've been i've been hammering in the gym and uh you know trying to get better and uh the playing with pace i think it's that comes with your skating and that comes with uh you know your confidence in your skating uh, but also just watching, watching hockey and watching, um, you know, your shifts or watching, uh, you know, different, different players play. So it's a combination of the gym, uh, you know, on ice work and, and, uh, you know, doing your studying and, and, and watching your games. Um, let's, uh, let, let's move forward. Cause I can, you know, I, I can get into the real minutia of being a player and what, and what it takes, but, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you, you, you know, you're a workaholic, you study your game. You're really, really serious. And and I, I want to take you back, and this is the final question about the draft, but we were told when you were drafted and you were shaking hands with all the Red Wing dignitaries up there at that time, it would have been, you know, Kenny Holland and, uh, uh, you know, Tyler Wright, who was the director of amateur scouting, and Chris Draper, I believe, was up there, that you thanked them all for drafting you and said that you wouldn't disappoint them. Now, the story, the way it was related to me was that this person had been around and had never seen a draft pick actually say that at the moment they were drafted, you know? I, I kind of wonder, where did that come from? Because, I mean, that's a, I think it's pretty extraordinary from the standpoint you're so appreciative and you're telling them you're not going to let them down. Yeah, I don't know uh, exactly where that comes from, but I think, uh, you know, whenever you can be drafted or, or given an opportunity for a job or, um, you know, the situation that I'm in, I'm just very grateful to, you know, even to this day to be here. And, um, you know, I think that just comes from my family always, uh, you know, telling me to be grateful and, and appreciative to people. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, I actually don't remember that, but I, I, uh, I was just definitely thankful in the moment. And, and to this day, I, I won't disappoint them and, um, you know, just uh, work every day so that I can, uh, you know, help the organization and, um, you know, be a part of it. So, well, the reason I bring that up, it's not to embarrass you. I mean, or anything like that, you know, uh, the reason I bring it up is because the next year where you go to Grand Rapids to learn, which the next year is last year, um, you, you go to Grand Rapids to, to learn how to, uh, uh, to be a center, uh, that they want you to play center. You played 35 odd games for the Grand Rapids Griffins. You started off well. Then you had you you were dealing with uh, with some injuries. Seven goals, 15 assists, 22 points, 20 penalty minutes, and a minus seven. But the thing that I think I like about you because I went to Grand Rapids. I saw you. I saw you play, and I you know we did a we did a podcast with you back then. Uh, me and uh, you know your good buddy Andrew Kristoff, the boss man, as he likes to be called. And yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, and, and you just seemed at ease and acceptance. I mean, you go from the Red Wings down to Grand Rapids and I'm not disparaging Grand Rapids or the AHL in any way, but you know, but you weren't disappointed. I mean, you had a job to do and you were focused or were you disappointed that, you know, I guess obviously you're probably somewhat disappointed you're not in Detroit, but you, but you knew why you were in Grand Rapids and you embraced that moment. Yeah, I think uh, obviously at the time, um, you know, getting sent down there, um, I think, uh, you know, you're not human if you're not a little bit disappointed. So obviously was disappointed, but, uh, you know, probably took a day or so to myself to, you know, feel bad for myself or whatever. But at the end of the day, you got a job to do and, and all they want is the best for me. And, um, you know, just went down there and, and really tried to work on my game and work hard. And, um, you know, it's uh, it was very great. To, it was great to be a part of, uh, you know, the Griffins organization too, or Griffins team and, um, you know, be a part of all those guys and, and, uh, you know, all the staff and everything. So, uh, my time there was, was awesome. It was really good for me. And, um, I just tried to go in, go into work every day and, and get better and, um, you know, enjoy it. I think, uh, you know, you can't be too disappointed or, or dwell on it. You just got to move forward and, and, uh, you know, keep trying to achieve uh, your goal. We, we, we've always heard that the AHL is the second best league in the world, that it's a league where, you know, you have young players like yourself that are, you know, honing their skills uh, to, 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 for the NHL. And then you have guys who are, uh, you know, just hanging on and then other guys who are still trying to prove that they can play in the, the NHL. What type of league is that, Michael? How would you describe it? What is the AHL uh, competitive? We've, we've heard it actually might be more physical than the NHL. 
yeah, I think uh, you did it justice. I think it's a, probably the second best league in, in, in hockey. So, um, you know, it's, it's a very competitive league. Like you said, it's very physical, very intense. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's a great place for, for young players and, and any player in general to play and, um, you know, just try to grow their game and get better. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a great league and, um, yeah, it's good hockey down there for sure. You know, it's really weird when I look at it and I looked at the Griffins and, you know, I saw you guys play, I think at least two or three times last year. Um, you know, I'm sitting there, I see you on the ice. I see Joe Valeno on the ice. I see Philip Zadina on the ice at, you know, early on. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, I see, uh, you know, Mo Sider. Uh, you're all number one picks. I mean, do you have, are you guys aware of your station in Red Wing life, shall I say, that you, you know, you guys are all core players that they're really, really counting on. Do you talk about that? Or, uh, you know, not that you walk around like, hey, we're the big men on campus, we're all number one picks. But I mean, what what has that dynamic been like with uh, with some of your fellow prospects? Yeah, it's been great. They're all, uh, they're all great guys and great players. Um, yeah, I definitely don't talk too much about, you know, number one picks or anything like that. I think as soon as you're drafted, I think, uh, you know, that goes out the door pretty quick. You got to be able to, you know, perform and, and compete and all that. But um, it was great be, being there with all those guys. And, uh, you know, they've all grown, uh, you know, a lot. And, um, you know, they're all good players and, and hopefully help the team one day. So, um, yeah, it was great being down there and, and great being part, great being a part of, of all those guys. And then, um, you know, just the whole team in general. So uh, I think we all really enjoyed ourselves. And uh, like I said, just tried to come to, to work every day and get better and, and push each other. Now, I, I know rumor has it that uh, there was a team outing where, uh, you know, I, I virtually the whole team, except poor Gus Lindstrom, who was up here in Detroit, I guess, uh, went and saw Post Malone and that you were kind of the ringleader. You were uh, you were totally into that. Is that true? Yeah, that, uh, that's one of my favorite artists. So that's uh, that's definitely uh, that's definitely uh, was a good was a good time for us. And. Uh, you know, we enjoyed, uh, you know, seeing Post Malone perform. It was pretty cool. How important is that team bonding, really? I mean, seriously. I mean, it, it's pretty important for you guys to go out and have some fun off the ice, too, I would imagine. Yeah, it was great. It was uh, it was pretty cool that a guy like that came to uh, came to Grand Rapids and, and performed in the van there. So uh, it's really important, I think, to get out and have fun with the guys and, and just kind of, uh, you know, enjoy each other and, and enjoy, uh, you know, a concert or, or something like that. So. I think we uh, we all really enjoyed ourselves. You know, why is Post Malone good? I mean, he seems like a nice guy. I've seen interviews. I'm just, you know, and granted, I'm a lot older than you, but I'm just not. I'm just not feeling it, Michael. I'm just not feeling it. Why am I not <laughs> feeling it, Michael? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, yeah, he's got great songs. He's a great singer. Um, you know, he kind of combines the the rap and the singing and all that. So uh, I think ever since he kind of came up with some songs early in his. Uh, career i've just really enjoyed listening and um and yeah i just really enjoy uh his music and and kind of his uh his vibe to, to his music well i know i know a lot of you guys are into it so i, I mean i'm trying i mean I, i'm trying to be hip and contemporary if that's even a word anymore hip but uh <laughs> you know <laughs> it's gonna take me a while I, he has not grown on me yet michael but if if you vouch for him, then he's okay with me. That's that's all I'm going to say. So, there you go. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, very. Yeah, okay. Well, that's debatable, but we'll see. Uh, anyway, uh, with, with all that said, you know, you're in Grand Rapids. You're playing center. So even though you were disappointed about being, you know, sent down because you were a Red Wing just the year before. I mean, you gone from the WHL, the NHL. Now you're into the AHL. Uh, but them telling you this is your position, this is what we want you to play, we want you to be a center on the Detroit Red Wings, I would imagine that that kind of softened the blow for you because you're playing the position that, in your own mind, and I believe it as well, uh, that, uh, that, that you know you were born to play. You're, you're a center iceman. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, they just pushed me to go down there and, and play my game and, and get a lot of minutes and um, just help the team win. So uh, definitely uh, you know, fortunate to have... Uh, you know, a good group uh, of guys uh, that were on the Griffins and uh, really pushed me every day to, to get better at that and to get better at my position. So, um, no, it was good. I, I have no complaints about it. It was good. 
Well, you know, you, you really adapted well. You know, you you you're, you're total class act about it. You 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 play. You go down there. I know you dealt with a few injuries, but you know, and it, it was a good experience. I know the Red Wings are, have always been pleased with with with, with you the way you, with your work ethic. And so uh, now we hit a pandemic. Um, when the pandemic hits. Where are you in Grand Rapids? Did you go back to BC for a while, or did you stay like some of the guys did and uh, and and try to uh, because no one knew what exactly what was going on? That you know the AHL had not been officially uh, canceled; it had just been paused. What was that initial experience like for you? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I think uh, I think right after a game, I think it was yeah mid March or early March there. Uh, we all just kind of uh, finished a game and then um, went into the gym and the TV was on and, and they announced that the NBA was uh, was stopping their play. And and uh, we knew maybe that would mean uh, or would mean that we would stop in, in GR. So, um, yeah, I think it was like two or three days. And then uh, a lot of guys, uh, you know, were told to go home and, and just kind of wait for further news. So, um, yeah, it was it was disappointing for sure for us, uh, you know, not to finish the season out and then hopefully make a playoff run. But. Um, I guess, uh, you know, that's just what the way the world is right now. But yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a whirlwind of, uh, of a few days. So how long were you in Grand Rapids before I, I assume you went back to British Columbia? Um, when, when they announced that the season was, uh, yeah, or? I mean, were you, I mean, were you like, were you like hold up in Grand Rapids for a couple of weeks, like kind of quarantined or, or were, were you, did they pretty much come to you and say, you know what, you can probably go back to G, uh, to uh, uh, to BC if you want? Yeah, it was a couple of days, I think, right after uh, they, they um, you know, postponed our games and then stuff started to escalate. So they said, uh, you know, we don't know when it's going to start again. So um, you guys should probably try to head home before, you know, they didn't know if airports were closing or the borders or anything. So um, I think it was probably like four or five days um, just kind of waiting and then, um, you know, we kind of got the word to, you know, go back home or, or wherever, uh, wherever guys are at and then uh, kind of just wait for further news. So uh, it was a it was a kind of a crazy couple of days and um, yeah, just a bit of a whirlwind. You go back home, you're in BC. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I know that, you know, God, uh, you know, the, the, the countries uh, between the United States and Canada, there's been a little bit maybe of a different way each country has handled this pandemic. Um, what was it like being in Canada? Were you able to work out or did you have to work out on your own? Was everything pretty much uh, on lockdown? Yeah, everything was locked down. Uh, all the gyms and everything, all the rinks were closed. Um, so just got back there. Luckily, my parents have a, have a gym downstairs um, with all the equipment, um, you know, I kind of needed and all that. So, yeah, just kind of waited uh, to see if, if we were going to go in the uh, in the bubble or, or if we were going to play again and, um, you know, just try to stay in shape and, um, you know, keep working out. So just a lot of unknowns. But thankfully, I had some uh, some time and, and some some equipment to work out with and all that. Now. When did it open up for you in BC where you were able to go to a gym and work out or go to a rink and start skating? Because eventually you make your way to Austria. And I want to get into that in a second. But uh, did it progress, I guess, for you where you were just not in your downstairs gym? You were able to actually go out and do some things. Yeah, I think uh, I think the the quarantine or the downstairs, uh, you know, kind of workouts were about probably about a month and then uh, one rink uh, that I regularly skate at opened up thankfully. Um, so got to go on the ice there and then uh, my gym opened up as well. So it wasn't too, too bad of uh, uh, or too long of a time that I, that I couldn't go to the gym or, or couldn't, uh, you know, skate there. So um, yeah, it worked out fine. When you, when this is all going on, how much contact did you have with the Red Wings at that point? Or was it just, Hey, how you doing? How you feeling? Uh, you know, you're, are you doing your workouts and all that kind of stuff? Did you have a lot of contact with them? Yeah, they sent us, uh, you know, at-home workouts that you could do, whether you had equipment or not and, and all that. And they just, uh, you know, they would just check up and see how you're doing, see if you're healthy, um, you know, just seeing, seeing how your workouts are going and all that. So uh, they were on top of it and they just tried to help any way they could and, uh, you know, provide us with, with workouts or, or whatever we needed. Now, you know, as it as the pandemic progressed and it appeared here in North America, uh, hockey was not going to start on time in any league. Uh, some colleges, even uh, American colleges, canceled. 
uh, the, you know, the, the Q tried playing and had an outbreak of COVID. Uh, all kinds of things are going on. The Red Wings started sending players to Europe. Many in Sweden who are still going to be there, a couple of your Griffin teammates and Joe Valeno uh, and, uh, you know, Mo Sider uh, uh, were there. Gus Lindstrom actually uh, uh, was there, but a couple of you, the, uh, you, the, the Phil's as I like to call them, uh, Philip Hironic and, um, uh, and, and, and Philip Zadina were played in the Czech Republic. How does Michael Rasmussen end up in Austria? Yeah, I think, uh, I think even in the middle of the summer, it was kind of talk of, uh, you know, going over to Europe or whether it was Austria or, or Sweden or Finland or whatever, um, you know, to play and, and just, uh, just cause they didn't know, uh, you know, any dates or when it's going to start or if it's going to start. So uh, I think I just talked to Hork about it and uh, just asked me if I wanted to play and, um, and all that. And, and then, uh, you know, luckily we found a team, um, you know, a bit ago and, and uh, you know, just kind of went from there. Now, Austria, I mean, what was that experience like for you? I mean, did you immediately, uh, immerse yourself in the culture. Are you a big Mozart fan or something now? I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> I mean that had, was it a bit of a culture shock for you or was it just a really rewarding and great experience? Yeah, it was a great experience. Um, I didn't see a whole lot of, of the country or anything at the, um, Austria as well as in a lockdown and had, uh, had COVID pretty bad there. So, um, yeah, right away, I just, uh, you know, tried to soak it all in and and, uh, you know, just, uh, I was there to play hockey and, and there to, you know, get my games in and all that. So, um, just tried to, you know, be a part of the guys and, um, you know, just kind of work on my game. Now, was there a language barrier or is English pretty much spoken there? Um, on and off, uh, it was, a kind of, yeah, 50, 50, I'd say with, with, uh, you know, whether you go to a store or a restaurant or something, um, it's, it's hit or miss, but, um, uh, all the people are very nice and, and all the guys spoke good English and everything. So. Um, yeah, no complaints there. It was great. Now, every time I, I, you know, I would check up on you, I would see that it's your team. Like, is it Graz 99ers? Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. Graz. Yeah. Graz, Graz 90, Graz and Raz, you know, it kind of rhymes. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, right. it, was it was destined, uh, yeah. uh, but 18 games for them, 16 points, including five goals, 42 penalty minutes, Michael, a little bit, uh, surly over there and, uh, 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 uh mi minus one. What was that level of play? Like, I mean, now you've been in, you know, four different leagues in, in less than four years time. Yeah, it was good. It was, uh, definitely, I uh, didn't know what to expect as far as play wise and the big ice and everything, but. Um, no, it was great. It was good hockey. It was competitive hockey. And, um, you know, we had a busy schedule. It was pretty much every two days, uh, you know, playing a game. So um, it was great. It was great for me to work on my game and, and, and you know, be a part of a team and, uh, you know, try to help that team win as well. So uh, it was a great experience for me. Now, I talked to Joe Valeno. Joe is obviously one of our bloggers. Uh, from the Q to the D, uh, one one of our prospect bloggers that that we uh, uh, that that we have on DetroitRedWings.com, and I talked to him in Sweden, and I asked him about adapting to the larger ice surface because you know for years I've always heard European players who play on the small ice surface their biggest I don't know if fear is the proper word but is adapting to the smaller North American ice surface where they say the game is much quicker on the smaller ice surface, more physical and that you really don't have much time and space. Now, I asked Joe this question, and I'm going to ask you now, Michael, what was it like for you, who played on the smaller North American ice surface your whole life, to now play on the large ice surface day in and day out? Yeah, it was a lot different. Uh, like you said, I haven't played uh, on the big ice uh, much at all, besides uh, you know one tournament a few years ago. So yeah, it was different. It was uh, definitely a different style of play, um, you know, a lot of the time. But um, hockey's hockey. Wherever you go, you just got to adapt and <clears throat> try to uh, work on your game and, um, you know, play with uh, play with the big ice or small ice or wherever you're at. So uh, it was a cool experience and, and definitely, uh, you know, can relate to guys talking about big ice uh, versus uh, small ice. So uh, it was cool to, to experience that. Now, how did your game, how did you have to change your game or, or, and, and did it help your skating maybe? Because, you know, the, I would assume you have to skate a lot more on a, on, on a larger ice surface. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly it. Um, didn't change my game a whole lot. There's, uh, there's probably more puck possession, I'd say, over there um, rather than, uh, you know, getting the puck in and going and hunting it or whatever. 
Uh, but yeah, it was great for my skating, great for my pace of play, and um, just great to get in game shape and, and get in the game again. So uh, it was great for me. Now, um, while you're there, um, your league, your team, you yourself contract COVID nineteen. Uh, was that what did you you know if you if you don't mind taking us in, you know behind the scenes a little bit here? Was it did you just wake up and not feel well? How did that all come about? Yeah, I think uh, one team in our league um, got got it. I think a few guys got it, and I think we played them um, a few nights before that. Um, and then uh, we had regular testing um, a couple times a week. So uh, one day, a couple guys on our team tested uh, tested positive, um, and then uh, it kind of just started from there. So the next couple of days, pretty much all of us uh, all of us got it, and then the entire league, pretty much um, every team got hit pretty hard. So. Um, yeah, it was, uh, again, just, uh, you know, tough sitting out and tough, uh, tough experience in that, I guess, uh, and putting, uh, putting hockey on hold, but, um, yeah, that's kind of how it uh, progressed. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I know you're, you, you know, I know you're a very focused young man and a, you, you know, you're a tough young kid, but I, I mean, you know, you're in freaking Austria, Michael. I mean, I, 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 are you sitting there thinking, wow, I'm so far from home. I mean, did not that you freaked out, but were you a little bit apprehensive once everything was diagnosed and the whole league is shutting itself down? Yeah, for sure. I, I guess you don't really know what to think at that point. Um, you know, when you test positive, uh, I wasn't feeling, uh, I wasn't feeling anything different or, or feeling sick or anything, but you're kind of just worrying, I guess, how you'll feel or, or if you'll get really sick or, or whatever. So, um, and I was also just, you got to wait it out and, and wait for your quarantine to be over and wait for everyone to get healthy. So, um, yeah, a lot of people, I guess, are experiencing that right now, but, uh, you just got to take it for what it is and, and, and accept it and, uh, move on from it, I guess. But that yeah, was tough, uh, hockey shutting down for a little bit there. But now did you have many symptoms? Uh, you know, and I know this is like kind of a personal question. If you don't want to answer it, I completely understand, but how sick did you become or were you sick at all? Yeah, not too bad. No, I uh, originally lost my taste and smell, uh, which is a pretty weird feeling. Um, and then I just got uh, got really tired and really lethargic um, and just got really tired, uh, you know, easily. Um, but other than that, not, not, not too much, uh, not too many symptoms. I had a little bit of, uh, of a burning chest for a while, uh, but otherwise I think I was pretty fortunate. A couple guys on our team got, got pretty sick, definitely sicker than me. So um, yeah, no, I, I didn't experience uh, anything too crazy, uh, fortunately. Well, that's well, that's good. Now, you know, I certainly I wish your you and those teammates. I, I I assume that they have recovered too, but I'm sure that was a scary situation. I mean, did you have to quarantine for a couple of weeks, or how did that play itself out? Yeah, it was about two weeks uh, that each of us had to quarantine and then get another test um, to kind of to to make sure it was out of our system and we can go back to to working out and skating and all that. But I think it was about two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Once they give you the say, okay, you're, you you know you're uh, you know you're negative now. Uh, you can go back to doing what you were doing. I mean, were you eager to hit the ice, or were you like, oh man, I, 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 they tell me I'm okay, but I'm not so sure about this. Yeah, I mean, taking two weeks off is tough. Um, but uh, yeah, I got the negative test, and I think I got a morning skate in, and then uh, right into a game. So that's uh, that'll definitely wake you up and and, and get you kind of out of that uh, out of that mode and. Um, you know, kind of happy I did it that way, to be honest, just kind of get right back into it. And, um, you know, definitely your legs aren't, aren't where they are, aren't, aren't where they need to be. And, um, you know, just had a little bit of chest burning, but, um, you know, I got over it and, uh, just kind of worked through it. Well, that, well, that's great. Uh, you know, you go back to playing hockey, uh, then all of a sudden, it, you know, the things start moving here, uh, quickly for the NHL and the season to, to begin. How, uh, were you contacted? before maybe everything was announced publicly that there was agreements and it looks like we were going to have a at least a 56 game schedule which is the plan now when were you informed that it's time for you to you know pack up the mozart records and uh you know your favorite austrian food and head back north uh, head back to north america yeah i think uh i was talking to uh to the guys from here and uh, along the way just kind of getting updates and everything and then uh yeah i came home last uh, last monday and uh, I think I got the word on, on the Saturday uh, right before that and then hopped on a flight on, on, on Monday and uh, got out of there. So it was uh, pretty quick. 
you know, for, for, for fans listening now, because most people really kind of like myself, uh, uh, you know, have have not done a, a whole heck of a lot in, in March. I've been down uh, for some uh, for some Red Wing things at, uh, at at Little Caesars Arena only four times uh, since March. I don't know when we when we left the building eleventh or twelfth or whatever it was. Um, and you know, all the precautions are in there. What was it like to travel? I mean, did you travel commercial? Is it? Can you give people like maybe an update of what uh, what it was like to actually? I guess get on a plane and 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 travel half a world uh, uh, back home. Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. The uh, the airports are pretty uh, pretty empty. Uh, it was kind of, I've never seen that you know in my life before where where airports are are very empty and flights are very empty. But yeah, I just flew uh, flew commercial. Um, I'm home and um, you know just had to wear my mask and make sure I was staying safe and um, you know sanitizing my my hands and and not you know, not touching too much, too much stuff or anything. So, uh, I think you just got to be cautious and, um, you know, I had to get home somehow. So, um, just got to stay, stay the safe as you, you can, I guess. And, uh, you know, go from there. Wow. You know, I, I mean, I know I say this a lot, but I figured that maybe the most memorable thing in my lifetime, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when man landed on the moon and I, but you know, I, I, I never thought Michael in my whole life that I would ever live through like a, like a pandemic like this. It's been, yeah. uh, it's been very, very odd. And, and I have a lot of, uh, uh, empathy for, for young people, whether it's, you know, they can't go to, you know, no high school graduations or, you know, someone like you on the cusp of, uh, you know, uh, uh, being a, being an NHL player, an NHL star, and having everything kind of shut down. Do you think this experience, even though you did the best you could under it, do you think that that's made you, and I don't know, take a step back, or do you think you have on the verge of camp here starting for the Red Wings that because you've been playing that you might have a leg up on some of the guys? Yeah, I think uh, I think for sure. I think uh, you know, getting in game shape and, and playing games is. Uh, you know, was really good for me. And, um, you know, it's definitely, uh, definitely something that I never thought I'd experience either. Um, you know, living through a pandemic like this, but, uh, it's been an experience for sure. And, and, and being a young person, it's, uh, you know, you don't get hit too hard with it, but, um, you know, definitely a lot of people out there that are, that are worse off and, and that are struggling, you know, you know, worse with it. So I think you just got to put it into perspective and, um, you know, take it for what it is and, and just try to, you know, navigate your way through it best you can. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, that's kind of my experience. As I said, we're doing this on uh, December 30th, and uh, camp is uh, officially, uh, I believe, starts on the 31st, but it's mostly COVID tests and uh, and physicals, I think, that day, which is normal. That's the first day of camp, uh, uh, regardless if it's in Traverse City or Little Caesars Arena. Uh, then you hit the ice, uh, I believe, on on January 1st, 2021. Um, uh, your mindset going into camp, I think Steve has been pretty uh, – uh, pretty forthright that uh, there's jobs to be won, and you're certainly, uh, I would imagine, uh, in that mix. Yeah, for sure. Uh, mindset is just exactly that: just go in and, and and earn a job and and earn a spot on the team. So, um, you know, it's it's been a long summer of training and and obviously playing some games and um, you know feel ready, feel ready to go, and uh, just got to work every day to um, you know impress and, and and get a spot on the team. So um, that's pretty much that. When, you know, when, when you approach it that way, I mean, I guess you can't say, you can't psych yourself out to a point of where, you know, this is make or break for me. I mean, again, going by what Steve said last week that, you know, it's going to be so quick and we don't have any preseason games. So if, if, if somebody isn't on our roster on day one, on, you know, J January 14th, that doesn't mean that they're not going to be on the roster, uh, uh, you know, uh, two or three days later. I, I, I mean, so it, it's all a very fluid situation. Plus there's this taxi squad thing that I'm still trying to, you know, kind of get my head around. I mean, I look at it that way. So I, I would imagine, depending on how it plays out, um, do you think that if it's, uh, and, and, you know, and I hate to do this because you're one of my favorites, but if it's a worst case scenario and it just isn't working out for whatever reason, uh, uh, that, uh, you know, the taxi squad might be something that actually you're just a heartbeat away from Detroit, if that makes sense. I mean, that that's might be a good thing because you're still really going to be here in Detroit with this team. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely, uh, 
definitely that's a that's a way to look at it and you you know you kind of you got that as well i'm not sure exactly uh you know the rules with that or anything but i'm not thinking about that too much i just uh, i got to go in and and i and i want a job from day one and um uh, just got to go into camp and and have that mindset and and take it so um you know not thinking too much about that um uh, but just thinking about taking a job and um you know being there on day one so yeah, well, you you know you were you're such an offensive player. You were certainly were in the Western League, and uh, you know, and and obviously, uh, you know, you you have to be on the power play. I think there's no question about that. I think that you know Jeff Blaschel, and I'm not don't mean to speak for Blaschel, salivates uh, having you in front of the net on the power play. Um, uh, but I'm kind of curious when you look at it. Do you believe that in order to stick and stay in Detroit? that you have to be more of a two-way player? Was that the biggest adjustment you had to make from the moment, uh, you know, I met you in Chicago on the night you were drafted to where we are today? Absolutely, yeah. That's uh, that's something that i got to have in my game and, um, you know, got to be able to play against, uh, you know, other teams, uh, you know, top players, top lines. Um, so that's something that I've been working on and, and trying to grow at. And, um, you know, it's something I feel I can bring. And, um, you know, along with, along with, you know, power play five on five, um, you know, all that, I just got to be, um, you know, strong, strong overall in my game. So, um, that's something I've been working on and, and just excited to, uh, you know, get out there. When, you know, when, when I'm, I'm, I'm on the verge of camp, you know, I, I, you know, I, I definitely see you on the team. Uh, I, uh, I, I look at, you know, the third, second line, maybe even, uh, depending on how it goes at, at center and then definitely being on the first or second power play unit. I mean, is that your best case scenario when you allow yourself to dream, not that you're sitting there patting yourself on the back, is that where you'd like to see a center on this team and definitely playing on the power play? Absolutely. I think that's my goal. That's what I want to go in there and show that I can do and, um, you know, show that I can help the team in that way. So, um, that's definitely, uh, you know, a situation that I want and that I just got to work for and, um, you know, work every day, uh, you know, to make that happen. All right, Michael Rasmussen, I, I'm going to end it here because I can go on for a while, but, uh, uh, you know, I really appreciate it, Michael. I, I, I really, uh, uh, look forward to seeing you. Well, I, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, I, I can't come anywhere near you, uh, you know, this season at all, but, uh, which is, I know is going to, it's disappointing for you. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, I'll be from above, up above there at the, at the Belfair, uh, Belfort center looking down at you. And then wherever we're going to sit during games at little Caesars arena this year. But, uh, uh but I appreciate your time. Uh, you know, I do root for you. I, I am open about it. Uh, I'm a big fan, uh, you know, I think you're just, uh, not only are you uh, 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 a great hockey player, but you're also, and your entire family, I mean, you're just like top-notch people, and uh, I just wish nothing but the best for you, Michael. Look forward to uh, seeing you in the Red and White this season. Thanks for joining us on the Red and White Authority. Thanks, sir. It's always a pleasure. Thank you.